I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Dave Kittle Show. Today, we're here with one of our colleagues, physical therapist named Sturdy McKee, based in San Francisco, California. And amongst many things, he's a previous practice owner himself, uh, having locations in and around San Francisco, the Bay Area, and now a business coach, a consultant, an author, an advisor, and much, much more. We're going to hear more about what he's doing to help private practice owners across the country, as well as what he's doing with us in terms of the Fieldmaker Group and with outpatient physical therapy acquisitions right now with, with our team in the New York and New Jersey area. So before we get into all that, first of all, Sturdy. Welcome on. How you doing? What's going on? Good. Thanks, Dave. I really appreciate it. Appreciate being here. Thanks for jumping on. So you and I, we've been working on some things behind the scenes. We can certainly get into that, but let's go back into a little bit of your history just to give some context to the audience. Uh, we have a lot of private practice owners that are listening and watching in. So um, tell us a little bit about your background and, and you know what got you to where you're at now. Oh, okay. I'll keep it as short as I can. Went to PT graduate school back in the 90s and went out to work and always had hoped to start a private practice to own my own business and that kind of stuff. But I ended up doing that earlier than I thought. Only three years out of school, I was I was laid off in a big demerger between UCSF and Stanford, and they cut essentially almost all the outpatient therapists and stuff. And when that happened, I went around and interviewed for jobs and came home one day to my wife, and, and I had been bothered, bugged by one of one of my friends, who's actually the husband of one of my classmates from PT school, who was a trainer. And he just kept going, why don't you come just try it on your own to, you know, start out? I'm like, well, it's too early. It's too early. It's too early. After going out and interviewing and just not being real happy with what was out there, particularly at that time, I wasn't excited about any of the jobs I was talking to people about. And the offers I was getting were just kind of very, well, just say suboptimal for me. So anyway, I came home one day and just said to my wife, hey, what if I tried this? And she had a good, secure job at the county hospital and all that stuff. And she's like, yeah, sure, go for it. So, you know, I truly bootstrapped. I went and bought a massage table, got a Palm Pilot back then, got business cards made at the mall kiosk. I had a cell phone. It wasn't that long ago. But that cell phone, it's still my phone number today, but that's the number I got for my business I started out with that massage table in, in the basement of a gym here in, in the city. It was a it was a great move, actually, which I didn't realize at the time because of the captive audience of the gym and the members. And being there and being present and working, you know, visibly in that space turned into more new patients and you know the credibility and the relationship with the trainers and all and all that stuff. So it was a great place to start out. And after a few years, I partnered up and opened another location and we started growing the fast forward at one point we were 45 plus employees, six locations, but made a lot of mistakes along the way. You know, when I started out, realized I didn't know anything about business, really used that business to educate myself, to learn both formal and informal, became members, uh, 
his partner and I became members of EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, um, which I highly recommend as as one of one of an organization to really do peer-to-peer and learn from other people. I learned in my decade with EO that businesses are essentially the same. It doesn't matter if you're in private practice or have a painting company or a tire, you know, or a tech or whatever, um, 80 to 90% of the stuff is the same. So you're dealing, you know, everybody's dealing with cash flow, everybody's dealing with employees, everybody's dealing with systems and operations, everybody's dealing with all the same stuff. Um, and it's funny when people reach out and like, well, you know, the industry. I'm like, no, you know, I mean, whether I do or not, you know, the industry. I don't need to be the industry expert for your industry. Right. And that was something I learned by being an EO and learning and watching and seeing different people in different forums over the years and sharing so much uh, as we did then. And then uh, exited the PT business. I've been doing my coaching and, and advising stuff for a little over five years now, full time. And. I just really, I love it. And I can tell you more about how that happened, but I love doing, I love helping and working with business owners and solving problems and, you know, creating order out of chaos and helping them basically make their businesses simpler, easier, and more profitable. Awesome. So I think I want to jump forward back to like present day. We'll catch back up and go a little bit more to fill in the gaps. But right now we're talking in the pre-interview about practice owners. You help practice owners amongst many offerings and, and services that you provide. One of the services is that you help them and clarify for me and for the audience in terms of helping them position their business in a better situation, optimize it to potentially exit or sell. And ideally, that practice owner wants to sell for the highest purchase price, obviously, right? So mm-hmm. what, are, what are some things that you see with practice owners, like if they reach out to you for some help or guidance, um, what are the biggest bottlenecks or, or roadblocks, or maybe they don't have yes. systems set up. I mean, maybe it's a laundry list of things. Maybe it's like the top three or five things, but what are, what are some of the biggest uh, challenges or, or roadblocks that they have right now? When you speak with a practice owner, maybe you dig in and you, you learn about their systems, you learn about their processes, you speak with them, you're working with them. What are the, the biggest red flags that you see? We'll hold up on the red flag part if that's okay, but they're okay. the two biggest challenges put it that way, that I run into, one is timeline, because it's going to take longer than they expect. And people reach out to me and they want to sell in six months or even 12 months or by the end of the year or something. What we want to do and and what I, and I'll get to the other problem in a second, but another challenge, but what we want to do is optimize your systems operations and how you're running the business to optimize your profit. And I say optimize because it's not maximize. We're not going to cut corners. We're not going to, you know, cheat and get into trouble and all that other stuff. We're going to do it legitimately, for real, ethically. Um, but there's a, there's a ton of inefficiencies in the businesses, and it's not. I mean, it, it kind of is the owner's fault, but it's not really because they didn't know that's what they were supposed to be looking at. They didn't know that's what they were supposed to do. There's a ton of low, low hanging fruit usually that we can get into place. The problem with a timeline of six months, 12 months to exit the practice is when you're going to someone to purchase, be that a broker or, you know, someone looking to acquire you, they're going to want, you know, you know, this 12 months of financials. So they're not looking at your last two months run rate where you've peaked and you're really fixing and everything's going great. They're looking at more historical data. So you're going to want a good year's worth of good data, good profit, good margins, you know, to really show them that what the business is worth. And the cool thing about that though, is if you do it and you do it right, well, and so think about that. You need 12 months of data, 12 months of good stuff. It's going to take you 12 months, usually at least to get there. 
Okay. So you're talking about a two year timeline. If you wanted to exit your business now, the, um, the, one of the coolest things though, or two cool things, if you optimize the profit, every dollar of profit ends up going for those multipliers on the valuation. So in other words, if it's three X, six X, whatever the, you know, in your current market, it is, if we get a thousand dollars more in profit, that's worth three, four, five, six, seven times on the sale price. So. And I think folks get really kind of hung up on the initial investment. And I'm not talking just money, but the time and effort and energy. But the payoff in the end is potentially huge. And I don't think there's enough appreciation of that. The other cool thing before I get in back to the other challenge is if we do it really well, they're in a position where they don't have to sell. Okay, and we'll tie that into the challenge. The other biggest challenge I run into is so many practice owners are addicted to hard work. Okay. That's where they get their importance. They're the way I put it is they're the hardest working player on the field. Right. And they think leading by example means we're working the hardest and demonstrating that that's not the way I see it. Leading by example means sticking to your core values, you know, holding people accountable, providing the support that they need to succeed, really shifting from that hardest working player mentality to the coach and getting them into the dugout, getting them on the sidelines. And looking at the whole field, looking at the players, looking at the business. And we do that through processes and, and you know, staffing and all the rest of it. But when they do that, Dave, they then sometimes, and they can, and they do, end up with a business that they don't have to sell. Right? Because now they're managing it kind of part-time. It is profitable. You know, I was running the business before my the PG practice business on four to six hours a week, you know, before COVID and all the chaos. <laughs> right? Would you, but, would you call that creating more leverage or creating more value? Well, you're definitely creating value. The biggest leverage point I think is your time and other people. And again, shifting that meant it's the mentality, right? Because if I get, if I pick the players, if I hire people who want to be the best in their position and I give them the support and attention and whatever that means, whether that's coaching, whether it's nurturing, whether it's training, whether it's the right equipment, what, whatever it is in your context, right? Then I, and, and you hear these cliches like hire the best people and get out of the way. Well, you don't exactly get out of the way. You're there with them, supporting them and helping them along the way. And you actually want to give them your attention and meet with them. But yeah, you don't want to go do their job for them, right? And the way, the way I think about this is if you've ever been to a little league game, right? Watch the kids baseball game. If the coach was running around the middle infield, fielding a ball or jumping in front of the batter and bunting, what would you think of that coach? Right? You'd think they're absolutely insane and everybody'd be upset with them. My question, my challenge question to all the business owners is, is that you? Are you getting in the way of your own team? Because, and not only is it not sustainable for you long-term, you know, burnout and fatigue and whatever, Right. But what is it saying to the players, you know, on the field? What does little Jimmy at second base think if the coaches run around fielding the ball and throwing it first? Right. I'm not good enough. I'm not playing well enough. I'm not, you know, he doesn't listen to me or she doesn't, whatever. So we want to pick the players who really do want to be the best at what they do and then give them every resource, empower them to go do that. And in that sense, yeah, you do get out of the way. The best part about that though, at the end, you now have a business, a real business that you're running, not a job 
that you're running around trying to do for everybody. So you actually have a more valuable asset that's going to translate into better multiples for, you know, for you on a, if you were to exit, because I, as a buyer, am not nearly as concerned about replacing it. Love that. Definitely creates more value. Oh, huge. And like you said, they could get to the point where they realize that they maybe don't need to sell it or want to sell it. And they realize that there's actually more profit. There was more profit potential that they ever thought or believed. And now they, instead of being squeezed towards retirement where they feel pressure to retire, they could actually retire on their own free will in terms of like their choices. They can hang longer. They could continue to live off the profits of the practice. They create a... I, don't know, I was thinking a little more leverage, like they have a little more leverage in negotiation. They actually can speak to buyers yes. like us and say, you know what, you know, maybe with a higher purchase price, I might consider it. But right. in terms but of I don't right now, I don't, I, don't, I don't need to sell, right? I don't need to right. walk away right now. Got it. Right. So I think that's a perfect place to pause for a nice cliffhanger for part one. We got to have you back for part two. So everyone that's listening, Sturdy, where can they find you, a practice owner across the country that's interested in hearing more? What's a good place for them to connect with you? I know you have a podcast. Where's a, a good place or, yeah. or many places where they can connect with you? Well, sturdycoaching.com is you can find resources, programs that I have there. I'll be updating events. I'm doing speaking engagements and stuff and working on that, both webinars and hopefully soon in person again, be doing more of that. But I've got Facebook groups that you can link to from the website and join the email list as well. Because I don't spam, I don't send a ton of emails, but I really, and this is one of the things I teach clients, give value. Like when you're communicating, give something they can use, and then people will be happy to open and look at the email. Not everything's a pitch. They don't need to pitch you on every communication, every contact, every touch. So yeah, sturdycoaching.com is probably the best place. Yeah, and and I do love the podcast. I've listened to multiple episodes, including I like the one with Dan Rutenberg because I'm I'm here in New York City oh, yeah. in Brooklyn. So, you, you know, Spear Physical Therapy and they have 25 or more and counting locations. They're doing great and growing. And it was really cool to hear his backstory on your podcast about he's played minor league baseball. He was drafted. He coached recently for Team Israel in the Olympics. I mean, he's done incredible stuff. And, and I heard that all just from your podcast. So I appreciate, you know, the content and the stuff that you're putting out there. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I I love talking with Dan. We did a kind of a detour into the baseball background and all that stuff because he's the physical therapist for the Israeli national team. I didn't even know Israel had a national team, you know, before (laughs) I was talking to him. Right. But they've gone from kind of obscurity to a, an actual, you know, top 10 team in the world, as far as the Olympics international competition. So it's, it's been really cool to kind of have that connection and watch that and stuff. For sure. Well, thank you for joining Sturdy on the episode here. Everyone go ahead and uh, rate, review and subscribe for more episodes. We're going to be putting out a ton of content to help practice owners in terms of exiting, uh, exit strategy, succession plan, negotiations, multiples in terms of how big and and how much uh, you could potentially sell your practice for. So that's it for right now on the Dave Kittle Show. This is Dave Kittle and we'll see you next time. Bye now. Thanks. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, painrelief.com or You can call me at any time, 646 
781-8884.